and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, not with the usual co-host Scott Armour, but actually Francis Murphy, a novelist. How are you, Francis? I'm not too bad. How about you, Steve? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, glad to be joined by you, of course. Just very quickly, we'll establish we've known each other for years, and the reason I mentioned you're a novelist is because you actually have released a book. Isn't that right? Yeah, but uh, like an illegitimate child, it's not someone we talk about. <laughs> of course, we'll, uh, we'll keep it mysterious. This is, only, this is only going out to about one uh, listener anyway, so it's fine. That's, that's too <laughs> uh, many people, trust me. That's one too many to read that pile of trash. Right, well, uh, let's, uh, let's... Essentially, we are going to be doing a podcast about... What film was it again? It was that kind of uh, independent film, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's. I don't know if I'd call it a film. No, no. Um, more of a. Um, it's almost like one of those dash cam videos where you see someone die, you know. Yeah, I mean, and a, a giant crash, and you think, my God, that's just you know, why did that happen? Well, maybe we should do it on the other film then that we we seen Star Wars, uh, a solo a Star Wars story, should I say? Actually, you've well, that's seen what it. I was talking about. <laughs> oh, <right>. um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yes, I have seen it. Yeah. So, so yes. this is a, before we get into it, this is a spoiler cast, so we're gonna be going straight into spoilers. So anyone who is listening to this or one listener haven't seen it, don't know why you're listening to this. Uh this is gonna be all sorts of revelations, third act reveals and things like that. So it's spoilerific. So if you haven't seen it, go and watch it, I suppose, and come back and then listen to this. Alright then. Right, let's get into this, Francis. Let let's um let's establish where we're coming from here. How big of a fan of Star Wars are you? Well, I'm probably I'm probably one of the biggest sci-fi fans you know in general. It's something that you know Star Wars is 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 right up there. I mean, I've been watching Star Wars and and aware of Star Wars from probably around about the point when I first started to actually remember things in general. Um, yeah. So you know, characters like Han Solo, particularly Han Solo, is topical in this discussion because this film is the origin story. Well, not like him being born but you know it's like how you know uh, it, it, it sort of positions itself as being the film that shows how Han Solo comes to be the, the person that we maybe or, or, or reaches towards the person that we meet at the start of A New Hope yep so, so you're a big fan of, of Star Wars massive Han Solo fan and yeah let's let's go into the film then I'll, I'll, I'll also say as well I'm a big fan of Star Wars read all the uh, non-canonical books uh, a, lot, a lot of them Han Solo trilogy being a trilogy that I actually read and appreciated and of course now completely retconned of course yeah let's let's get into the film then so what's your your feelings going into the film did you have much of an expectation well not really no I mean you and I have had private discussions about The Last Jedi and how that might have kind of uh, coloured my feelings about subsequent Star Wars films and, and what my yeah. expectations were um, and you know going you know going into watching the film um i was i'd say my expectations were were pretty low anyway also because of, of things i've been reading about what what sort of things might be in the movie and we're touching upon areas that are extremely controversial there um, but we can get to that later but yeah i was ner- i was there was things i was slightly excited about and things i was nervous about so for example I'll, you know we'll, maybe we should look at some positives um yeah. okay yeah so um the idea of being able to see star destroyers being built on Corellia 
That that um, was cool, actually. That was really cool. Yeah. Visually outstanding, I thought. And that is a, that's one of the things that I think Ron Howard really nailed. The, the look of Corellia and stuff like that. I was really impressed by that. You know, and the thing is, I mean, credit where credit is due. I mean, Ron Howard might have directed the movie, but those sequences were done by graphic artists who of course, put yeah, together yeah. those sequences and yeah. obviously have a love for the visuals of Star with Star Wars universe. And if you were to take those and put them into a documentary about, say, the world of Star Wars at that time or whatever, and just have scenes of, of ships being built, they would be amazing. Like the, you've obviously got the um, the two sort of circular objects that you have on the the bridge of a star destroyer on top. You know, you see them getting built. You see lift bits getting lifted up into space and stuff like that. Really, um, really quite good, you know. But the problem is that if you were to to rent out a gigantically beautiful um, manor house to to stay in for the weekend and discovered that it was populated by a bunch of freaks that were just shambolically um, puking all over the place, you wouldn't be enjoying your time there, even though it was visually pleasant. <laughs> you know, I suppose so, that's an uh, analogy you can make. <clears throat> yeah, so the characters, you know, you, you have this setting, and then you have the characters um, in the setting. Now, um, that's where I think the film began to disappoint me in, in, in a few different ways. So let's... Look at uh, it, let's take this as a summary essentially because we, we, the tone will probably come through throughout this where you're, you especially aren't really big on this film I've written a review and given it three stars where would you have sat with that are you a two star um, it pains me to not like Star Wars I mean it's something that I've got used to having experienced the prequels you know which were you know positive, had positives and negatives and they also suffered from the obsession of trying to shoehorn politics into Star Wars too much, you know. But the thing with um, my, my feeling on the film is that I would say I'd probably I'd probably have given it one and a half to two stars. Um, wow. to, to be fair. And that's me being wow. that's me being that's that's, that's me giving a, a, a that's those stars go towards uh, the costume designers, the the people right. who did the sets, the people that did the um, the special effects and the music and things like right, that, okay. because yep. those people shouldn't be lumped into what's his name? Is it Ka- is it Kasdan? Is it because it's his yeah, son? Isn't Warren, it? That did the script? Kasdan, Jonathan Kasdan, other writers. Jonathan so, yeah. Kasdan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, so we've touched on the writing. You're that's one of your main issues of this film, isn't it? The characterization, well, of Han Solo. Well, actually. In some in some places it's okay. The thing is, I think with the problem with the discussion about something that's got so many problems is that you almost you 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 like it's like a doctor trying to save a patient that's been dropped off of a, a plane without a parachute. What bit do you fix first? What do you look at? Is it the broken leg? Is it the shattered eyeball? I mean, what what, what do you look at? You know? So you know, what as soon as you put together one bit, something else comes off. You know, and, and you're, you're thinking, well, what what do I do here? So we're talking about characterization of Han Solo, but then you look at the actor. Right now, now why? The, the, you know, I can't even say his name. What is it? Third Reich. His name is. What is it? Uh, Alden Ehrenreich. All oh, right, right. Yeah, I thought that might have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he. Sorry, I shouldn't have I said think, that. But I, I, I think he is 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 okay. I think he's fine. Like I think he does the best what you can kind of do with the way they've characterised Han Solo. I think I he actually that. does pull off some uh, mannerisms yeah. that I could see the Han Solo. There was certain hand gestures, um, a flicky yeah. 
one at the very end, and I was like, oh, that was it's things I never thought of that Harrison Ford had done. The grin sometimes, and a sort of kind of his voice as well. It was sort of deeper and, and things like that. I kind of I could feel that I was like hearing an attempt at Han Solo, and I thought actually that was quite you know I quite like that. I just don't think he looks like him. I generally I know, don't but, think. I couldn't but see that, any resemblance, and that does take away a wee bit from me. In the end, uh, you know, you're meant to try and envision this yeah. as the younger version of this character that you know so much about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is that when Ewan McGregor was cast as Obi Wan Kenobi, he was he was a visual fit for 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 uh, Alec Guinness as well. Kind of. I mean, he, they had, they had a more of a gimmick to go with though. With him, they had the the sort of the, the hair and the beards look to go with uh, and the costume itself is so striking when you actually think of it it doesn't really look like him uh, I mean I don't know I, I wouldn't say he looked like him I didn't he tried to talk like him I don't even know if he pulled that off I like well, there's, an, there's an old there's an old um, science of looking at facial shapes and things like that and and, and you know and you know if you were to sort of half close your eyes you could imagine you know you could at least you, you could but the thing is um, you know Harrison Ford does not have a circular head uh, this other guy does. He's got a baby face. He doesn't look anything like Harrison Ford at all, right? Now, why they didn't cast someone who at least, you know... Now, I, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He did his best, right, with what he... You know, and he obviously got coaching and got whatever. But with the unlimited resources of Disney, okay? Mm. The money, the type... They reshot the film. You know, they couldn't They couldn't find someone. Maybe they should have looked at it and said, ah, well, there was an actor, I can't remember the actor's name, but there was an actor they hired to play a young Harrison Ford in another film. I cannot remember right. the movie, but it's been mentioned in YouTube videos. And there's this flashback scene where an old Harrison Ford remembers being young and, and he's got to help someone restart a car or something. And this young guy does an absolute perfect hand. Obviously, he's not playing a hand solo, but he's able to be Harrison Ford. He's able. Yeah. He's got the the body language, the the the, the voice, um, the facial structure. He's got There's it. He's a, got it down. You know. I've not seen and, it myself, but I've heard but the that the is, guy he's a great from. Actor. I think it's is it Ross Marquand or something. Apparently, he does really good impersonations on on, on those like YouTube videos of him doing Harrison Ford impersonations, like nailing it completely. And it's things like that that, that you know. Obviously, I don't know if he looks like him. I wouldn't say, but. He's a hard one to do, to be fair. I think like he, Harrison Ford is quite a unique, charismatic guy. It's very subtle with Harrison Ford, but he does have a, a look and a and a kind of way, a style that probably is quite hard to emulate. So aside from that, you weren't see that. That's one know, of the lesser problems. Yeah, because um, you mean, have to get past that. It's more we were talking about the writing of the the character Han Solo. Where do you yeah, feel that went wrong? Well, that that's it. Is that actually you know I. I at certain points in the movie, I felt myself having sympathy with the actor, the actor that was playing him, because I was thinking that he was trying his best, right? Yeah. And he didn't write the script, and he didn't, you know, he didn't come up with the story, and he was obviously putting in a lot of effort. And I think there were certain points where, if I closed my eyes and I just thought, forced myself to believe it was Han Solo, there were certain points. There were certain points throughout the film that I could believe it. Like when he shot the guy at the, the end, you know, when he hand shoots first or whatever, and all these mm-hmm. kinds of things, you know. But there, there were other points like the writing, you know, where, um, uh, you know, Han Solo gets his name from a, an imperial bureaucrat. I uh, know that was. Uh, I don't know what I think of it. I just know I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know if it's lazy or forced. You're on your own. You know, unnecessary. Ah, Han Solo. Yeah. It's like what? So basically, he's called Han Solo because he was on his because he's a loner. He's on his own and yeah. signing up for the Imperial Navy. Imperial Navy. 
What again? What, why did we even? The... Ha- why wasn't he just called Han Solo? I know. Because why can't there just be characters? They already have cool names in Star Wars universe. All these cool names, you know, Dameron, Skywalker. Why can't Solo just have been the name that, that this I mean, character had? Exactly. I mean, what if the girl had made it with him? Would he have been called Han Jew? I mean, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid, you know. And then, you know, you've got another scene that had me howling with laughter was when, um, well, although actually one scene I did like was the war when you saw the troops all f- this chaotic yeah. scene. That- yes, I completely agree. And actually makes me want to see a film set from a grunt's point of view of in a war in Star Wars. Like a, you know, a sort of Saving Private Ryan version of Star Wars when it's just like a stormtrooper's, you know, or a rebel trooper's kind of like grunt view of it. I think that would be awesome. Like, that would be a side story that I would be interested A new character set in a world that just happens to be in a Star Wars world with lasers and all that kind of stuff. Grunt-level stuff going on. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Because that exactly. was one of the more exciting bits. It was just kind of cool to see these guys and how they interact. Because you never do see that, really, in the Star Wars films. It is usually Lord Vader gives them an order and then they go off and start shooting. <laughs> well, you could actually see how really... You know, officers that were in the Imperial Navy or had made it a bit higher up, even though they had to deal with Vader and the Emperor, had pretty cushy lives compared to some of these guys. Um, yeah. You know, in this chaos, and the um, you know, obviously you had Chewie. Uh, reminded me of Return of the Jedi when ha- uh, Han had lost his sight and Chewie was in the cell, and he thought it was a monster. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know that whole scene that was fair enough or whatever. But the scene of it had me howling with laughter was the scene where you saw like Han Solo's feet in the shower and then suddenly Chewie's feet appear and it's like I you know. can just imagine this bang 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 you know, music coming on yeah there's pro- that's probably going to be like gift or a meme at some point of just completely ripping the arse out to, to be honest at some point yeah I mean I, I think it was really? supposed to be cute or something but yeah I mean it was just you know and then you know let's let's look at the I mean, this the, the girl, uh, the thing is, I'm so uninvested in this story that I don't even remember the actors' names or the names of any of the characters apart from the ones I already knew. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just... From Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark, she played... Yeah. I mean, I'm forgetting uh, people that are well-known now. That's how bad it is. But, like, <laughs> you know, she... I don't mind it being forgotten, uh, like, because it, it's, it, you know, it's just... I think it says a bit about about feelings yeah. about it but the, the thing is that her character wasn't too too bad really I mean she was there she you know she disappeared for a few years she came back different she'd obviously had a bit of development there she became quite dangerous you know she's fair enough I mean she was she was a fairly decent character I think you know you know as a new character but let's look at Lando Calrissian for a moment <laughs> and right, the, well, the, the, right, the, the thing I'll say about Lando was right I thought when you heard his voice nearly first, you hardly seen him. He was kind of in the background of the shot, and you heard his voice. And my God, I generally thought they maybe just got a soundboard of you know the original actor because I just thought it sounded so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the actor he, uh, was it Glover? Yeah, that Donald Glover. Brilliant. Yeah. Played, played. You know, he was a young Lando in a way that the other guy. Uh, I don't think was old. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. That showed the difference of how when you hear the voice and how in certain ways he's saying things. You're like, okay, now that I can buy that this actually is the young version of him, and then you realise, oh, well, I'm not buying the Han Solo. 
version. Yeah, and then um, it all gets ruined by the fact that he's having sex with a droid. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that then. <laughs> now that you've brought it up, right? Well, well this obviously, it's, it's that this is this L3 droid, right? Which I already had an issue with because I, I wasn't really keen on the comedy because this was the comedy that this droid was essentially for. She reminded me of Alan Tudyk's character in Rogue One. Katie. Yeah, but a bit, a bit less subtle, I would say, because Katie yeah, was, wasn't uh, as... He was like, so dry, whereas she is kind of like going from dry to then slapstick silly and then kind of ironic in, in like a, in seconds, but it's, it wasn't pulling off for me. I did not laugh once. Well, it's, probably be- it's probably because L3 was essentially a social justice warrior in space. Mm. Um, and that, that is what weird, they can't... That comment, that comment as well, that felt weird. I don't know. But that, that's the thing is that it's too, um, too meta for Star Wars. I don't feel like Star Wars should be like meta like that. But the thing is, we're touching upon a, a grander problem with Star Wars at the moment, which affected The Last Jedi and certainly affects this film, which is the the sort of, whether by design or by accident or under pressure or whatever it is, but whether it's tailoring it for a demographic, is trying to somehow repair a problem with Star Wars that never existed in the first place, which is the idea that Star Wars wasn't, compatible with current um, norms and identity politics. I mean, my God, Star Wars was progressive in 1977. The the strong uh, female character of Princess Leia. And, you know, there are are certain um, times where it's got it right in the current incarnation we're in Rogue One, which is not a perfect film. You know, you you had um, a non-overbearing strong female lead um, who who had a fairly understandable story, you know, yeah. she'd been abandoned as a child as she felt joined the rebellion, and you know you could say, well, it wouldn't have mattered if that character was male, female, black, white, whatever. Um, that's yes, an understandable that's story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas what I tend to what what the problem is at the moment, and you see this with the L three L three character, and also this inclusion of the the sort of subtext of uh, Lando and, and this droid. I mean, the, the, the this sort of, they're trying to kind of act clever and comment on the current world as the way, you, do you know what I mean? And also trying to you, kind it of... It feels forced that, because these are characters that we already know or felt we knew. So there's an expectation that we're going to get something relatively to what we should expect from the character. Well, well let's say, and not for example... Kind of, retconned version of them that they were, it feels like well, it's capitalising on movements that are happening right now but, but then again that being said uh, Steve we don't know if Han Solo I'm sorry if Lando Calrissian was a pansexual or not I mean he obviously found Leia attractive in the Empire Strikes Back but for all we knew he could have been into men and, and women and whatever I mean and that wouldn't have been a problem exactly um, I think it was the fact that that uh, I would say that Kaz didn't made such a big deal of that out with the film and also that the character that he was involved with was such a blatant example of the kind of people that, that are being pandered to, the kind of people who irrationally chase a cause that maybe even the people they're fighting for do not understand nor want, such as the droids that were fighting in the cage. So it was, yeah. it was, it was very, very odd. And, and that's why I found the death of L3, uh, that entire sequence and scene, laugh out loud funny. Because <laughs> the idea of Lando... <laughs> clutching a droid's half-shredded body while being carried by Chewie, it just tickled me. You know, I mean, it, it, and screaming, you know, and, and I just thought, what would old Han have thought of this? You know, if he was looking at this, I mean, think about the way Han treated 3 PO. I know, you know, I know. Lando, I know. I think, pull yourself yeah. together, you know what I mean? You know, it's a droid. I know, I think that's where, when you start to think about what would have the Han... The, let's face it, I probably a less... Um, 
less open-minded character he essentially was back, or not back, in the fu- this Han in the future, which is we know of the, the actual Han in the trilogy, the original trilogy, the kind of grown-up Han. He's probably not the progressive character that you, I think, audiences think we should have now. So they're kind of weirdly retconning him to sympathise with this situation, but I can't see that that's how he would have been. I think he would have just thought a bit like, mate, what you, what's going on here? I think I think one of the major problems with movies, especially um, movies that are aiming for maybe young adult demographics at the moment, is that you know you'll get your the, social media has changed how films are made these days. So directors, writers, casting directors, anyone, actors are on social media and they basically sit there in their boxer shorts or whatever at night clutching a can of beer or whatever when we can't see them. And they can see people being pilloried for maybe not um, embracing wholeheartedly um, certain types of political views at this current climate that we're in. And what they think to themselves is, "Ah, well, most of these kids are are a certain age. If we are going to get these films marketed out to them, we better include some of this stuff. And then also they've got um, groups of pressure, pressure groups, people coming at them like what Marvel has had, saying, we need more of this and we need more of that. And what happens is that what the loudest voice skews the production and then it actually alienates the actual demographic that go and watch these movies. Because mm. the large mass of people who go and see Star Wars, right, probably people who've gone to see Star Wars for years and years and years and years, and don't really care about any of this stuff because it doesn't actually have a bearing on their lives. And further to that, they don't go to see Star Wars to watch the news. They go to, to see Star Wars to escape from the real world. You know, you don't want Earth or stuff that you see on social media in Star Wars. You want to you want to see the Star Wars universe with their problems, with the Rebellion and the Empire and Jedi and Sith and things like that. That are, you know, I think I agree a little and, and disagree in some of that. I think overall I agree that it should be less forced somehow feel like it's less forced it just should happen a person should be cast because this you know this this is how they, they were the best for the role or something like that a story about a, a droid and uh, you know I, I, we're not, I, I wasn't, we weren't buying it a guy a lando and this droid we just wasn't buying it it felt really forced I mean, you mentioned marvel i mean i would say well, like, the Marvel movies saying, are fine. Because that's what, to, I, to me, like, Black Panther is an idea of the type of film that wouldn't have got made, especially not been a big event about even 10 years ago because the demographics. Really? Well, yeah. Like, think about how confident they are now. It's like all kind of black cast, more or less, and black director, everything set in Africa. An African, a uh, fake, uh, fr- fictional African nation. So not New York, as they always set their films and news things like that. Locations that we know, like the audience that have grown up predominantly over the years and watched them. And I think that's why it was a cultural event to see, because there are obviously, because you know, a lot of Black Africans and 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 Americans and things like that have, have looked at comics and thought, well, rightly thought as well, like you know, where's the guy that looks like me? And there's only this one or two, you know, there isn't many. And it is a big deal to them. And that's, that completely makes sense. So it's good to have some sort of like, you know, it's not a balance, but something that shows, you know, like uh, this film, especially being a great film, 
It was a good film as well. Well, I, I wasn't talking about the Marvel films as such, more the comics and the damage that's been done to their circulation. But that's going by the by, because we're talking about Solo here. Um, mm, but, yeah, I mean, I would but, be able to speak on circulation anyway, but yeah, okay. Yeah, but Come back to Solo. <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying is that <clears throat> the problems that Star Wars and Solo has suffered from, Solo has suffered from the story being put, the story... Fans of the film have felt, or fans of the franchise have maybe felt patronised by it, which is why a lot of people aren't going to see the film and why it's done so badly at the box office. Also, the the, the sort of fallout from the Last Jedi as well. And I'd say that maybe I'm slightly negatively biased towards Solo because I'm a bit grumpy with Star Wars in general at the moment. I think there's um, a few things have happened here. This film, Star Wars, is normally an event. It's normally an event cinema. It's a big deal. People remember when they go when the Star Wars film came out, and it's all over the place, marketed like hell. This feels like the biggest non-event of a Star Wars film. I've you know hardly people remember the fact that it's out, and the people I have spoken to are just so eh, shrug, nonplussed, not interested. And it's this is the problem with this film. Nobody wanted it. Nobody asked for it, and it does feel like lazy. The the, the idea like when they were coming up with these anthology films that. Well, everyone loves Han Solo. Uh, origin story? And then crack know, it out, get the script out. <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't required, it wasn't needed, it was surplus to requirements. What? So you, there's not really much else that you liked about it? You've, you we commented on the sort of visuals. You liked them, didn't you? The the kind of scene when they're facing the, what was it, the Star, the star Destroyer and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic scene when the Star Destroyer appeared in the sort of the mouth of this vortex or whatever it was Aye. and it was sitting there um you know and that's the thing is that you know if some genius could sort of recut the film somehow there were sequences in the film that were absolutely fantastic you know actually lando would be okay with certain bits cut as well um yeah i, think I would so. say but that 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 scene where the, where the Star Destroyer appeared and the and Han said, "Ah, they won't bother sending fighters against us. We're just a freighter." And then suddenly these Tie Fighters come flying after them. Uh-huh. This that that creature as well was bizarre, wasn't it? This gigantic, multi-eyed creature in this nebula or whatever it was, and then the the uh, black hole. Oh yeah, hole. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was for a second trying to think what, what you were talking about. Of course, yeah, I remember that. And that was obviously slightly harkened back to the Empire Strikes Back um, scene with the, the sort of creature that they thought was like an asteroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it was inside the, the asteroid. Um, yeah. I, I think mean, there was some yeah. great stuff there. It was It's just soured, obviously, by the sort of characterization issues we've already talked about. Let's, um, conscious of time, how about we talk about the end and the reveal of uh, Darth Maul. <laughs> well, the ending, I mean, the whole ending sequence, there was bits that I thought were quite funny, like when, when Han said, um, I've got a bunch of uh, hired guns on the, the Falcon, so if you try anything, and then suddenly the Falcon takes off and leaves. Yeah. And they're left there facing this um, bunch of uh, enemies. And uh-huh. Han's like, oh, right, okay. And you could see that's quite a funny moment there. And it kind of, like, again, reminded me of Han in, say, I think it was Return of the Jedi, when he's like, you know, I've got this plan. And he goes up to the stormtroopers and shoots, and his gun kind of goes, like, he's privy to be, being the ultra badass and then fucking up, like, really yeah. quickly and having the others to rely on. Like, that is something that, that kind of has carried through. And I quite like that. <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's little characterizations they got right, I think. 
I think that's that's the things that we maybe forget about. They go under the radar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the ending, Darth Maul, I mean, it was, I don't know. I don't really understand. I mean, I know that there's stuff going on with the, the stuff outside of the films, like the animated stuff, and there's some story of Darth Maul with his robot legs or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because he was quite definitively sliced in half in The Phantom Menace, so the idea that, He's alive. If you haven't, I've not seen the animated stuff, so I don't know how they explain how it is. But the guy who's just seen Phantom Menace and then watches this film is just going to be like, right, <laughs> okay. How well, I mean, it's nineteen years ago. I mean, that's nuts to think that at the moment that we all watched nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, at, at that moment when we all watched Darth Maul being sliced in half, a child was born who now saw at nineteen years old Darth Maul on the screen. Yeah, that's crazy. Th- that is crazy. Now, and and it probably doesn't realise that, you know, they were born in that precise moment. You know, but I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that. I, 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 that's how much it blows my mind as I, I start coming out with things like that. Do you feel that's, that like it was a warranted reveal? Like they obviously fell for an ending. They had to have something. Do you feel like it that add to it at all? It actually made me a little bit uncomfortable to put. You know, to be seeing a scene with someone who was supposed to be a Han Solo and then a scene with Darth Maul. It just seemed like there was too... The original trilogy too much for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like two... You talk about the degrees of separation. So basically there's only like two degrees of separation between Han Solo and Darth Maul. Yeah. seems a bit bit crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, what did it have to do with the Han Solo movie? What did it have to do with, you know, it did, it, it feels like it's leading into some other project or something like That's that. Th- uh, definitely, and this is the thing, they are like planning all sorts of trilogies. I think, I can't remember if it was John Favreau or somebody was quoted as maybe getting a, a, a trilogy or was it someone else? Um, there's a televised, a television version, I think. They're planning a lot. They've got, like I think they're going for like the Marvel phase one to four or whatever, phase one to three of like whole trilogies within trilogies and connected films. And I think this is them kind of trying to get that going really subtly. Star Wars is a big galaxy. There's definitely lots of stories. I just don't know if they should all feed into each other. Well, that's, that's the problem is that, you know, with this enormous playground that they have, Uh you know, it's like they're just picking up the same old ruined favourite toys that everybody's Uh played with. And there's all these other things out there. Darth Maul that's got no legs and (laughs) and just put (laughs) sellotape onto it. Like a broken action figure. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I like the fact, going on from that, I like the fact that Han shot his mentor. Yeah. You know, and I actually felt sympathy for the mentor in a weird way, you know, because I felt like his death was quite realistic, you know. And you could tell that, you know, Han felt bad about doing it, but he, he still did it. But then the thing is, though, and this is the thing for me where, you know, like someone who maybe has some problems in, uh, you know, finishing or, or, or sealing the deal, so to speak, who sputters at the last moment or trips before running over the line, you know, or can't score a goal or whatever. The Han Solo film, you know, improved and improved and improved as it was going on. So you had... L3 was destroyed. Great moment. Then you have, um, you know, uh, the sequence of the, the ship getting away, you know, going through the, the Star Destroyer, chasing them with the TIE Fires, and then the Beast, and then they get away from the black hole and, and all this kind of thing. Great. And then Han Solo shoots this guy. Excellent. And then you think, right, this is the Han Solo that shoots Greedo. Mm. This is the Han Solo that doesn't care about other people and has been betrayed and whatever, right? And then yeah. what does he go and do? 
He goes and gives away the fortune to the. F- I was about to swear. I managed to catch it. He goes it's and fine. gives away. The- we're adults. It's an adult podcast. You can. Swear. He gives away the fucking fortune to the the rebels. Right. The thing is that in order for Han Solo to be the guy in the cantina who has the journey and the new hope to being the guy who, because at the end of A New Hope, he's carrying his cases of his reward and leaving the rebels behind. I know, I know. And then he has his change of heart. So why did he have that at the end of Solo? Rubbish. It shouldn't have happened. (laughs) So essentially, we're meant to have watched a film about an arsehole, really. Because he doesn't become nice no, guy. No, what, what we should have seen redemption is a guy until the, the a new hope. Well, what we what we did see was a film about an idealistic, hopeful young man who wanted to escape, right. who then became an arsehole and shot someone in cold blood, <laughs> and that would have been fine because then you know he becomes. He goes from being an arsehole back to being good again. Have you seen Blackadder? Have I seen Blackadder? <laughs> right. Have well, you, you ever seen the sunrise? I know. Have you obviously um, the. The Christmas one is a sort of takeoff of Scrooge, or Blackadder in in this Christmas version is a really nice guy. And then as things he keeps giving to people, and they keep taking advantage of his generosity, to the point that he becomes the Blackadder at the end, the sort of like selfish and and sort of repugnant character that we know, and the opposite, obviously, of this the arc of Scrooge. Yeah. Started off repugnant and became nice when he was showing the ghosts and stuff. Blackadder realizes that he can live a good life when he the ghosts were showing him. They were trying to just show him how nice he was, and he became evil by the end of it. I just that just reminded me that of the idea that Han should have started off nice, open-minded, idealistic, big guy, and became slightly bitter and sardonic and kind of selfish, I suppose, by the end of it. Well, he, he did, and in a sense, I mean, if you look at how he wanted to escape with his girlfriend, and you know, he wanted to build a life with her, and you know, the, he, you know, he wanted to go into the Imperial Navy and be a pilot, and you know, in a sense, you could see that at the start he was fairly. I mean, he was obviously a crook, but mm. you know, he was a good-hearted crook at that point. You know, he wouldn't have just murdered someone in cold blood, and then obviously he's betrayed by by that girl, isn't he? You know, his 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 bird. I suppose, in a sense. And then, you know, he's, his mentor, he kills his mentor. And then that, to me, would have been the perfect ending to the film. And I would have forgiven a lot of the film if that had been the end. And then Fair he'd gone to play Sabak with Lando. Now, yep. here's the thing, right? I Lando Calrissian was introduced in The Empire Strikes Back and then appeared in Return of the Jedi. and didn't have that much screen time, really. I mean, we were yeah. never told much about Lando's background in, in the canon on-screen stuff. And... I know a lot of different people out in the world in my life and, and, and of all different kinds. And I could very much, you know, if I go through the criticisms I've got of the film, it's not the fact that Lando's pansexual with a droid that bothers me. It's the fact that the writers thought that was such a big deal. Yeah. It doesn't advance yeah. the story, right? It's not, yeah. got nothing to do with it. I, mean, I know, actually. Yeah, right, actually. Because it's probably yeah. just going to get dropped. If they ever continue anything, it's just going to be a, you know, it wouldn't be factored in, probably. I mean, at what point did anyone's sexuality matter in Star Wars, really? Now, mm. the, the thing is that um, I was watching a series recently called The British Empire, again, right, that I, I love, and that was out in the early 90s. And the thing I loved about The British Empire was that there was a whole story arc where two characters in that were gay. Yeah. And um, that was in the early 90s, right? Mm. That was not really a, a common thing on TV, but it was the source of so many situational jokes and comedy about the fact that Britis did not notice that two of his staff were in a relationship. Uh-huh. 
he was saying, oh, he's never looked at a girl. He didn't pick up on this, and it was it was a joke. And these two uh-huh. characters were quite sensitively written, you know, uh-huh. and, and that they, they were in love with each other, two, these two guys. Now, let's say that Lando Calrissian's sexuality was an actual integral part of the story, or was just a matter-of-fact thing that happened to be, you know, say a scene where you saw him kiss a man or something for a second, and then he meets Han. Fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But... You know, it it was shoehorned in as something else. I didn't like it. I wouldn't have liked it if they'd said constantly, if Han kept on saying to the droid, why do you keep putting salt in my dinner? Or whatever. Every little bit, every few scenes. And everybody would think, why the hell was he talking about his dinner all the time? Why do we care about his culinary choice? What's that got to do with the, you know, his personal preference with food got to do with the story? Ah, yeah, it seems needless. Yeah. It's forced. Um, and and that's my problem with with Lando with Lando in the film and, and what happened there is that that what I feel is that some of the, the choices that were made like the inclusion of Darth Maul were not in order mm-hmm. to inv- advance the story they were in order to advance some other agenda like the agenda to bring out more Star Wars movies and spin-offs mm-hmm. yeah. or the agenda to please a certain portion of the audience or do you know what I mean there's there's things that you know that George Lucas and he got a lot wrong. He did the same yep. thing with Jar Jar Binks. He wanted, he had an agenda to introduce a CGI character, and that was it. Nothing was going to get in his way, and it was to the detriment of the story of the Phantom Menace. But you see what I mean no, about about things that get in the way of the story. It could be Jar Jar Binks. It could be someone's sexuality. It could be um, trying to shoehorn in something to get another spin-off. The thing about the thing that was beautiful about. Um, a New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And we'll get to Return of the Jedi in a moment, right? But those two films were very simple stories about good and evil and heroes and villains and uh, and, and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Return of the Jedi, it was supposed to be Wookiees on that planet and not Ewoks. Mm-hmm. But George Lucas put them in there because he wanted to get toys made. Right, okay. And that was the first sign of an agenda reaching into Star Wars and that's why people most people love Return of the Jedi and so do I but that's why there's that slight moment of oh my goodness you can almost sense the first breath of Jar Jar Binks there Aye okay I can see that and it's only because hindsight again I'll say I've said this before Return of the Jedi is my favourite it was my entry into the whole franchise so I have this rose tinted like just unconditional love for the film it was i just thought luke was awesome and all the way i've, I've talked about it before on the, the podcast so i won't go into it but i now can see yes you're right um there's a like cynical side to that film but a lot of people who especially i think lived through when the first two came out look at Re- the turn of the jedi is a bit more kind of is the the first of a downfall in, in the in this trilogy whereas actually i have a as a high point for me i love so, that as well it's weird and the other people say is the first Star Wars film is always your favourite so the people that grew up with the prequels probably have a similar sort of weird obsession and fascination with those films and or or sympathise at least can kind of sympathise with them and say well you know okay this I can understand this but I still love it because it was my first there's there's a weird thing that always happens when it's your first film I think exactly one one thing I would say that I I feel is a key point here with Star Wars as as a whole phenomenon that I find to be quite sad and maybe a little bit upsetting is that when you tell people a story that everybody can understand, it brings people together. 
Okay, and that's why A New Hope brought everyone on the whole planet together and was such a phenomenon because it was a story that everybody all across the world could watch and understand from people who were oppressed in third world countries, people who were rebelling and fighting against people, to people who who were were you know everybody could look at it and, and go, I understand this film. I want yeah. to be somebody better than what I am. I want to reach and look at this, look at the horizon, like look, and and mm-hmm. and I want to grow and become the hero. And and everybody could look at that, and and see that men, women, everybody, right? And and the film wasn't it wasn't designed to be that way. It was just a, a true from the heart tale about a hero's journey. Okay, yeah. a tale that is as old as the human race, yeah. and reaches right into our collective psyche. And the real thing that makes me sad at the moment is that um, Star Wars has gone from being being um, accidentally unifying to being intentionally discordant yeah yeah you've probably summed it up better than i could in terms of essentially kind of the forced nature of it the word forced weird to use there but like how uh, kind of shoehorned it is the the sort of the the writing style and the types of characters i think too many characters i think the the, not the the han solo film because it's the anthology type of trilogy but the other main trilogy they suffer from just too many characters, too many different things going on that they, they don't have a good focus and they don't feel like they're really reaching for anything. Right, okay. Um, the other thing, before I forget, I was going to talk about a couple of things about Lando because we we spoke about Lando. Um, I, I thought it was weird that... So he's they play up in his sense of style, right? Because mm-hmm. we obviously know him in The Empire Strikes Back cloak and stuff and he looks respectable. The word Han uses actually to describe him. I found it weird then that just, I mean, it's such a nitpick, this, but it was weird that he had not changed. So when you see Han, when Han first meets Lando, he already has a respectable look about him. He's a bit of a, he's plays Sabacc, so he's a poker player and stuff, but in the end, he still looks smart as hell and all that kind of stuff. And he's got the cape or whatever, a whole cloak room of capes. And it's like, <laughs> so why was Han so surprised, if, you know, years later to see him looking smart again and okay he's got this uh he's kind of giving people orders but it was still i don't know it felt like they'd forgotten that, that han was surprised at how different he was and it, maybe lando should have been a bit more of a you know a scoundrel like the way that han describes him to leia well i guess i guess for all we know lando spent 20 years in between as a junkie yeah but then it doesn't you know unless han knew him that time then and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i know I, i'm being flippant I know <laughs> it's, it's completely true. It was something I, mean, I it was something I picked up on. I was just like, it just doesn't seem like the the two the two guys that that, that you know we're expecting. Then and the Empire Strikes Back, the kind of the dynamic that they have. It seems Han. Why was he so surprised? Um, I know, I know, I know. I mean, you think he would have said he looked a bit pedestrian compared to the way he looked mm-hmm. in um, Solo because he was far more flamboyant in Solo. I would say in terms of like his colours and what he was wearing. Let's uh, just do a quick fire a couple of things that um, I just remembered about the film. So we find out how to actually say Han's name. We're seeing it wrong right, right now. Apparently it's Han. Is it? Did you not see that scene when, um, oh, what was it, he he corrects, uh, he says Sabak sub, or whatever it is, and Lando says like Sabak, not Sabak or whatever. And then he does it for Han and he says, no, it's Han. Like he corrects him. Han. So, like the way Americans say it, essentially. He's a Han. Han, Han Solo, <laughs> like not Han. That was a weird one. Well, I, I guess I just repressed that. 
Um, that <laughs> at that point, you were already kind of just half looking, just like, oh. Well, I'm staring I'm at the screen going, not only are you telling me what to think, you're telling me how to say his name. Yeah. God damn it. I mean, I've been, I've been there saying Han since before I could speak. So, yeah. It's never going to change. I, I, no, no. I'm going to stick with Han because Han, Han just it sounds like Goldie Han. It just, I know. Sound, it just sounds weird. It sounds. It doesn't sound not natural for uh, for us anyway, <laughs> Scottish people to say it. No. Uh, what was the other thing I noticed? Is they mentioned Bosk. <laughs> yeah. Did you pick up on that? It was like they should hire Bosk. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, see the just bounty hunter on call for everyone. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. It was just like, right, who are we going to mention? We're going to go Dengar or Bosk. We'll go both. Both is too obvious. Go Bosk. Uh, <laughs> weird. Yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> I wonder how if there's a deleted scene where Bosk, you know, appears. You might have Bosk a Star Wars story at some point. I don't know. I feel like they're gonna. I mean, the 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 rumor is it's Boba Fett. What's your thoughts on that? I think there's a as a wise man we both knew once said, "Less is more." <laughs> yes, referring to our old English teacher, yeah, uh, Mister yeah. Collins. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's true. Now, the thing about Boba Fett was that he was a mis- a mysterious character. Mm-hmm. You know, you you you. He reached into people's minds and and developed a cult phenomenon precisely because nobody really had a clue what what his deal was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, why was he so hell bent on capturing Han or Han? You know, and I think it was the way he stood up to Vader a wee bit. A lot of people like to kind of question Vader and kind of as if it made it would have made a difference, like the way he's slightly not threatening Vader, but he kind of has a slight challenging tone. I think nobody had seen that. Well, apart from the guy on the Death Star in the first film, he ended up getting force choked. So, yeah, I think things like that added to it. But then, of course, in Return of the Jedi, he gets like defeated by a blind guy. I, I, I know, I know. Well, the thing is, the Return of the Jedi had the seeds of problems that we we now see um, regularly in Star Wars, which are the flippant treatment of characters that were fantastic. You know, uh, not to say I, I love Return of the Jedi. I know, I still Return can look the, past it. Return of the <laughs> I was Jedi, a kid, I thought it was cool anyway for some reason. Well, Return of the Jedi is like that first minor argument you have when you are with someone new and you've just <laughs> come out of the honeymoon and, and, and you're like, oh God, so this is real now? You know, like this person is going to, like we're going to argue, you know? And and, and then later on, 20 years down the line, it's like you're reminded, you know, it's become, if you've not repaired it, it's become a huge problem. But the thing is though, right, you know, you're you're talking about these these quick fire things, and and what's what's interesting about this is that name dropping, you know, little cameos and things, you know, things that we've talked about previously in this podcast. It's like you get the feeling that some something's being sold to you. Mm, you know, yeah. It's like it's like it's not loving. It's not a loving reference, if that makes sense. Uh, it's, it's like not, it's like marketed to hell and like. Yeah, like they've done focus testing, and who 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 would just the the audience prefer Bosk? The idea of Bosk, <laughs> like that kind of feeling of just <laughs> yeah. overly by committee feeling, not just like a. I mean, it could have been, of course, just the Casdens writing in a room, maybe, but it has a feeling of they're they're kind of trying to really put this galaxy together, and but using all the characters that we know from the established history, and that feels more forced I think I want more interesting stories from characters way way past the timeline we know just different stories 
just new you know stories what, set in that universe. Do you know what I, I think we should do? I think we should. I think that as a you know in general, you know, this whole discussion that we're having right now wouldn't be taking place if the you know there was a bit more imagination. And yeah, what we need to do is stop revisiting characters and scenes and and, and um, franchises that have been around for fifty years or forty years or whatever. Or, I mean, even Black Panther as a character has been around for, for forever. What we need to do is start creating some new material for a change. I mean, George Lucas made Star Wars by building upon what he enjoyed about things like Flash Gordon. I know. Um, you know, maybe it's time for something new, something fresh, because um, when people went to see A New Hope in 1977, Star, uh, Star Wars was new and Han Solo was someone they'd never seen. Yeah. And they loved, they loved them. Now, yeah. obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy are not, you know, a, a new thing. Uh, well, they're, they're new in the sense the comic's not been around that long and they are... They were un, un, very unknown in terms of mainstream comics, so the, yeah. that's the closest thing to a, a really created new characters, I'd say. Um, yeah, a, a big, that, big budget commercial film and a success, especially the first one. Uh-huh. I mean, the affection for characters in that is, I would say, maybe the closest comparable thing that I can find. Uh, if we had to go back to Solo here, that's where um, the final verdict will be. Sadly, is the box office returns. Well, that's the thing. Um, we'll finish very shortly. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, it, it was a high-budgeted film, but the you know it's not making way as much as they expected, and it's obviously still relatively early. But it's not looking like it's going to pick up much. I don't think. As um, an as, as an aside, a slightly less depressing one because you know as this entire topic is quite depressing, um, really, <laughs> but. What I'd like to see is, um, and here, let, let me throw out an, a, a very rough high-level um, idea for a movie, a Star Wars film that we could do, or could see, or they could do. I don't know why I'm acting as if we are going to make this film. I know. <laughs> but um, I'd like to see, um, I, I think it would be, um, and I was thinking about this the other night, um, let's imagine that, you know, I mean, if you look at a planet like Naboo, most of the population appeared to be, they were all either Gungans or quite posh sort of white people weren't they on the boot. Yeah, so, so there seems yeah. to be quite a like there seems to be a thing in star wars where humans maybe on certain planets could be all of a certain kind or whatever and i had this idea of like a mace windu origin story where you probably could quite realistically cast it fully with black people as mace windu like is on this world say a world that's a majority you could probably have a, a majority black cast star wars film about mm. mace windu's origin story and um, a certain type of Jedi who used those purple lightsabers and, and maybe they trained together and that's how he got to where he is on the council with his particular style. And maybe they have a war with a certain race on the planet. I, I, I love the idea of that. And to get... Um, well, you know, I, I think in the end I'm still not interested in a character we already know in his origin story. Just create, change, it, change the name, make him a new character and have that story that you've just told. Well, I suppose he could be from the same planet. Uh, do you know what I mean? Or maybe yeah. I guess if if we were to go down the route of revisiting old characters, which seems to be what they're doing, that's the thing. That's the that's the problem. I, th- I think I want I want like that story, like we talked about, the grunt level view of a war in Star Wars, the sort of the Saving Private Ryan, you know, that kind of like story. Create a story in that, and just have some great battle scenes. That's what some of the best bits of Star Wars is. I think they should have a story that focuses on that. So that's more what they should do. I think they should go down different genres. Maybe they could try it, like not not the comedy or anything like that, or like one could be a bit more horror or something. I think they could do something. 
in the Star Wars universe that'd be interesting. You know, I'm at, like a rancor chasing people around a, <laughs> a hot or a cabin. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, <laughs> probably stretching it a bit. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think they should mix it up with new characters and, and different stories and it doesn't have to be connected or with characters we already know right we'll finish up then because uh, it's gone on a bit uh, I think we've kind of covered most of what we didn't like about the film and the one thing we did I, I, I'm more positive on the film like I, I can give uh, I think I, mean, I, I arrived in the free star because I felt as a film, I think it's for a film of people who aren't really that invested in Star Wars, it's actually a good film. It's actually a fine film. It's it's fun, serviceable. It's got some, you know, great action scenes, some great visuals, and it's a, it's relatively focused in terms of it's telling its own little story, and it doesn't feel like I don't know. It's getting too. It's got, there's not too many characters there to mess things up. So I like that about it. It's not a great film, and it's not a definite recommendation. It's just a solid film. I think it's still better than the prequels because I think they're actively bad films. Yeah, I would, I, I'd would. i say that's a fair point to make. I mean, but then again, I would have given the prequels zero stars. So no, I, I would still land on a two or something because there's like, each film has maybe, like maybe one thing, at least it's, it makes it kind of recommend or not recommendable, but watchable, I think. Not to go over them just now, but I mean, I... I don't know, they're a bit of a blur, to be honest, of CGI nonsense. Yeah, well, from my perspective, where the prequels are shambolic idiots, the some of the new films are patronising jerks. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's like two types of people that I just can't stand. And I kind of miss the fairly decent guy that I knew, or girl, that, or whoever, person, that was the original trilogy. And, you know, had a couple well, of flaws, but quite gone. No- more films in the, in the series that you don't like than there is that you do like which is for me the same way I have with the Aliens franchise you just have to distance yourself and say you know what as a franchise I'm not actually a big fan of it anymore I like certain films in it a lot like I love Alien and Aliens they're like two of my favourite films and the original Star Wars trilogy are classics and they're three of my favourite films so it's then but now there's a good what five or six films that I'm kind of a bit you know yeah, they're okay. Or three of them are awful, and I don't know, three are, are okay. Shrug. Well, I, I suppose it's just life, isn't it? I think that as you get older, you realise that that's a bit like life. Is that yeah. you know, if you were to look at all of the days that you've lived, probably more of them were boring than than amazing. Um, let's uh, let's let's finish somehow on a high note. Right? I know. I feel I feel like I'm I'm about to literally just walk outside and hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what uh, what 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 would you say? Is there? Any- I love I love your reaching for the high note here. I know. I'm like, what, what would you say? Uh, is there you know? Is there anything? Because we've already anything? talked about the one thing you liked, so I don't think there really is anything that you that you liked. What about the, we've not talked about the Millennium Falcon? Quickly, quickly on that. What do you think of that? The scenes when he's flying the Millennium Falcon. I actually quite liked that. I quite liked the Millennium Falcon. As, and the music as well. Yeah, yeah, the music was good. The special effects were great. The the settings were great. The um, cinematography, you know, visuals uh-huh. looked quite cool. So I think all the people doing those jobs have really they've executed it well. And I think it's it falls down on its script. Yeah, so. but, yeah. I mean, it was 
questionable character decisions and uh, casting choices, but undeniably glimmers of brilliance in there. There's no doubt about it. There were there were some scenes that were fantastic. Yeah. Okay. In the films. How about we leave it on that then? We've got our our, our high note and uh, we'll call that a day. Thank you very much, Fran. That was awesome. And, um, no problem, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I actually have to ask you, um, is it okay if I borrow 300 quid to pay my rent? Uh, I'm going to get kicked out. Right, uh, I'll see you later, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to end on a, on a low note. <laughs> terrible, suddenly I can't hear you. Um, You're breaking up. But- <laughs> Right, okay. Uh, well, um, this is the end of the Solo A Star Wars uh, Story podcast. We'll be doing more podcasts coming soon. Looks like a Deadpool 2 podcast will be coming up uh, next week. So stay tuned for that, our one listener. And uh, Fran, hopefully we can have you back on at some point down the line. Uh, what film, Any films you're coming out in the near future that you're looking forward to seeing that you'd probably want to do? My God. Um, to be honest with you. Out. Because of because of work at the moment, I don't get much of a chance to yeah. uh, to, to keep an eye on movies that are coming out. So I I, I will be Nothing. whatever films you're wanting to talk about or whatever films you. you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go cool. and see them, and and then obviously we can talk about them. But I'd love to come back and and do another spot. But you know, let's talk about let's let's get a, a blinder of a movie for the next one. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, okay. Let's uh, say so, uh, any final thoughts, Fran. That's a bit ominous. Um, I know. I always do that to Scott, and he just goes silent. So I just thought <laughs> it happens in you. <laughs> um, well, I'm looking for a scratch card that I won, but I can't find. So I'm, I'm oh, trying okay. to. That's a great that. final thought. On that, we'll <laughs> thank you for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Star Wars suicide. I really hope this is actually recording. Right. Hello. <laughs> I'll stop now. Now what I'm saying is no matter how hard I twiddle it, I can't seem to pick up Jazz FM. And that's what Kryden thinks.